Welcome to episode 20 of Crossroads of Destiny and Avatar The Last Airbender Universe podcast. Right now, we're talking about every episode of Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender one at a time. I am Chad Hopkins, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Andrew and Melanie Grant. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. Going all right. Good. We are here to sort of wrap up one part of our show in anticipation of the next part of the show. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about how we wanted to do a season one recap of Avatar The Last Airbender now that we've talked about both all of season one and the <laughs> movie that is sort of kind of based on season one. And so uh, I thought <laughs> I, I have some prepared questions. There will be times when we can sort of just like talk about whatever comes to mind about season one, if we have anything to say. Sure. And then uh, we'll look forward to season two a little bit before we get started on that very soon. Okay. So before we sat down to record tonight, we watched just a little bit of the first couple of episodes of the show. And there were just a couple of things that stood out to me that I just wanted to mention since they're fresh on my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, one I already mentioned to you guys, Zuko shows up to the Southern Water Tribe and is like, where is he? Where mm -hmm. is the Avatar? Mm -hmm. And where was it written down in Fire Nation history that the next Avatar was going to be a man? I don't know. I don't know how you figure that out. He's just one with the patriarchy. He oh, my assumes, Them gender biases. He assumes power, power to the male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any greater discussion Neither, no, beyond yeah. that. But <laughs> no, there was a couple like, of things that you're like, hmm. Okay, Zuko. Like, we, we, we see your bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other side is I was thinking the, so before Roku we had two female right uh, before Roku was Kiyoshi and before, and before Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi was, was actually another man and then before oh, him because it was the water tribe dude before uh, it was uh, the last yes before before Kiyoshi was a water tribe avatar and then before him was an heir avatar maybe there's some pattern that we don't know like because the last air avatar was a female this air avatar has to be male because that does carry over with cora which isn't a spoiler by any means because Korra's a girl surprise yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the last water bending avatar was male maybe i don't know how much detail into like all of the history of the avatars we have mm -hmm. but i mean aside from we know that the cycle goes water earth fire air mm -hmm. but if there's any sort of boy girl it's clearly not boy girl every cycle For because we had itself, both yeah. roku and ang in a row but maybe from nation to the same nation it mm -hmm. does alternate who knows who knows know. on the other side of zuko uh, something else that stood out to me in the beginning of the show and i think it's something we probably mentioned at the time how much Zuko is not prone to automatic violence against anybody. It's purely his search for the Avatar. As he shows up to the, the Southern Water Tribe, he, he is flinging fire at Aang, but it's only designed to be at Aang. And there are certainly times later in the season where we see a little bit of fallout as he pursues Aang, mm -hmm. but he never seeks out destruction of a village or punishing a people necessarily. It, it seems to me that he's always, it, any damage comes at the cost of his pursuit of Aang, but it's not like he sees them as just like, oh, well, that's just the cost of doing business. Right. He's not overly violent for no reason. Right. right. Which goes to show that he's a good person. He's just jaded. Well, we definitely see where he ended the season. And so that, that's one of my questions later is 
what we see next for Zuko. But uh, just a couple more quick things from the first couple of episodes as we're first leaving the Southern Water Tribe. The broadswords that we later see Zuko wield as the Blue Spirit are hanging in his quarters from the beginning. Oh, yeah. So whether that was like they had the whole thing sketched out and they intended, okay, let's put this here now so that it's there later and it makes sense. Or if they had put it there just as sort of a decorative design choice. And by the time they got to the blue spirit part of the season, it was just like, oh, well, we have these swords on the wall. Might as well use them. Yeah, but I'm more inclined to believe the first way because it's not like it's a live action show where they're sort of making it as they go. I think there's a lot more planning that goes into they had to sketch animation. it out right but still it's it's cool that something like that made an appearance so early on what other questions do you have well okay let's go ahead and talk about some of those questions so just in general do you have any specific standout moments of the season that popped out to you like if i just say standout moments from the season is there a thought andrew that comes to your head like right away the fortune teller what about the fortune teller? That's an interesting. Choice. I just uh, yeah, I know. I just, first I was just like kind of playing through it on you know obviously there's Jet who just sticks out because the entire episode sticks out in terms of the series so far, but the fortune teller one I think sticks out because we get in just that one episode I think we get a taste of the spirit world, Aang's greater calling, some motivation toward our end goals. And then we also get like those that this little quip of like destiny and fate in terms of like she predicted that the village wouldn't be burned down. And even though it was in grave danger because the avatar was there, the village doesn't burn down. So she was right. right. And so this is kind of like you, you get to see the malleability of fate and words and things like that. And I, it always kind of stuck with me of like, uh, I mean, cause even like in Kung Fu Panda and things like that, mm-hmm. they play with the nuance of words and things like right. that, especially when it comes to fate and destiny and future planning and things like that. And so I always thought it was kind of amusing to, to see that played out in an episode of mm-hmm. uh, Airbender as well. What about you, Melanie? Are there any specific moments that came to mind? Yeah, I was just looking up the synopsis of a couple because I was thinking about that cliffhanger we kind of have with why Uncle Iroh is, I mean, we understand he's a super powerful guy, but I really want to know why he can see things that other people cannot see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're referring to the Winter Solstice Part 2, I think, Mm -hmm. is the one when he has been captured. By the earthbenders and uh yeah he sees ang fly on roku's dragon in the spirit world yeah why why yeah, can why? he see we, that we, we have no notion mm-hmm. of that it's we have... so bothersome <laughs> like it really annoys me <laughs> yeah okay yeah that that is a really great standout moment in that we don't have an answer for it because you feel so like it's... it has to be major there's there's yeah. obviously something different about iroh mm-hmm. they made a point to make it so and then we really just leave it there. Because what's that old adage? Like, if there's a gun on the table... Oh, that, yeah, oh, that's, that's called from, Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's yeah. gun. Yeah. yeah. If, if there's a gun somewhere on stage, then it better be fired mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. yeah. So we better figure out what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do think there's some things that just kind of leave. But for the most part, I think we get some closure on most things. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that there is certainly... At some point, we get some kind of answer. Oh, that's for that. good. Whether it's a 100% like this is why answer or if right. it's just like we get a little bit more insight into it. I can't tell you for sure right now, but I, I would say it's not disappointing. One thing that I thought about with the, I 
what I enjoyed about this series so far is I like the two part episodes. Mm-hmm. Those always have like some really juicy stuff in them. But um, I was thinking about the last two episodes of the season just the other day about, I don't know why it came to my brain, but the creepy centipede thing came to <laughs> oh, my brain cool. again. Yeah. 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 No. The face dealer. I can't. Can't. <laughs> that stood out in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he's horrible. Horrible guy. It's there. Well, we haven't seen a whole lot of like creatures from the spirit world. We saw Hei which was the, the panda, the panda spirit, spirit that was angry at the destruction mm-hmm. of the forest. And that was kind of creepy in its angry form. Yeah. Uh, definitely terrifying with the its black like, and white. Yeah, the black yeah. and white and with its like weird Godzilla almost esque breath. Or, right. Yeah. And it has like those like giant like like weird appendage legs. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Ko, who was in the spirit realm. And in that same episode we saw Ko. I think it was the same episode we saw Ko. Uh we had the like the baboon spirit who was telling Aang to go leave him alone. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we we've seen a few creatures from the spirit world. And of course there's Roku's dragon, but we we have only cool. seen a tiny bit of the Just spirit world bit. so far. Yeah, I like the episodes with the spirit world for sure. That gave us so many answers. Mm-hmm. Finally, some direction. Like we already knew. For, we just rewatched the first three episodes, I think, or two episodes, mm-hmm. and that gave us part of like what a purpose of what the show is going to be. But I really feel like nothing was truly kind of given a direction until the Winter Solstice episodes. Yeah, the, the, the Winter Solstice are maybe the most important. Like, as far as the, the actual story content mm-hmm. goes to the had, season. It was, like, full of information. Yeah, because full. at that point, all we knew was that Aang was heading to the Northern Water Tribe to get a waterbending master because, hey, I've got to learn it eventually. Right. But then in the winter solstice, we learned there's a deadline. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is happening next Six summer. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> Fam. Get on it. Six months. And we're yeah. like... I guess we'll make our way to the North Pole. <laughs> I was like, you guys need to move a little faster. Yeah, let's go I, ride some, some fish first. Freaking fish. Okay, so how about some favorite moments for each character? Like, is there a, a specific Aang moment that stands out? I like when he goes into his avatar state. Is there a specific time? Um, like, let me think. Let me there's, think. There's, we see it in the very second episode. The very second we episode. We see the flashback in the storm when... I think no, that's s- not the flashback that we see him go into the Avatar state. It's later in the episode of the storm. I think the storm one is the coolest. Yeah. Because... When, uh, isn't it when Sokka's... Yeah, they're in the uh, middle of the, the, middle like, of the ocean. hurricane. Yeah. Basically. That one is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I just... The storm. The storm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that those are just really cool moments. I was telling you earlier, whenever we were watching some of these episodes... I enjoy that it's a children's show. I think it's really cool. So I obviously know that they're going to cater towards children. But I think the serious moments in the show are kind of what gives you the people bumps. Mm-hmm. Where it's the animation kind of takes form of like, this is really serious. Mm-hmm. Like that was really, really cool. Yeah. And it, I feel like the, in the second episode we just watched, I was telling you that. I was like, I feel like, yeah, he went into the Avatar state and it was really, really cool. And then two seconds later, he did this like huge move with um, airbending, mm-hmm. but it was kind of diminished a little bit in my brain mm-hmm. to the seriousness of, it, seriousness of it because he made a goofy face where they were like, we were basically looking up his nostrils. Yeah. I will say that I recently actually read through the second edition of the art book 
for Avatar The oh, Last cool. Airbender, which has obviously a lot of art, but it also has a lot of behind-the-scenes information into the making of the show and some of the creators' opinions of the show in retrospect. And they look back on season one and see their growing pains and they feel particularly proud of seasons two and three after that so mm-hmm. Ooh. maybe some of the the issues you have with a little bit of the animation in season one i think yeah. might be solved going forward oh, now that nice. they sort of figured I, themselves out i love season two yeah i mean mainly because I, I love a lot of the characters that are introduced in season two mm-hmm. but season two just in general f- seems to flow a lot more you don't get i mean i won't say you don't get fluff episodes or things that stick out like like jet does or the great divide or the great divide yeah where it's just like that's the classic example you're like randomly introduced to a whole bunch of people or they're way off task and it's very much like this it's is a little obvious, jarring this is mm-hmm. obvious side quest kind of stuff like mm. y'all y'all picked up some side quests where we're not on the main quest anymore like what's mm-hmm. going on so for those to just kind of stick out like that they're great episodes i enjoy watching season one mm-hmm. but i can you know i i'm not gonna say like uh <laughs> yeah i agree with the people who made the show right <laughs> <laughs> but no like uh but in the sense of i recognize that as well i really like where it goes but i don't think it necessarily diminishes season one it's just they were obviously trying to figure out their stride and mm-hmm. they found it and it and it works right andrew did you have any specific ang moments that stood out i think you like his playfulness a lot i do with his um, with his animal love i think i honestly think um the deserter the deserter his mm. the 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 firebending moment with katara no, his fire his firebending battle with Oh Zhao. with Zhao. Yeah, okay. Because I think that's one of the first times we get to see Aang not necessarily just avoiding a fight, but winning a fight by avoiding a fight. Yeah, he he's outsmarting Zhao. Yeah, and it's just I, I think it's we finally start to see that he's making moves toward being the avatar outside of the avatar state. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like something that he can flip on and solve all of his problems. Mm-hmm. He's becoming like a, a seasoned fighter he's becoming someone who is not willingly participating in violence yet still getting a job done mm-hmm. and i think that was a really interesting moment for ang just to see that kind of immediate growth like he found he sought out a master and although didn't really learn anything from that master learned a lot from from him like he didn't learn what he was sought out to mm-hmm. he didn't learn firebending from him mm-hmm. right but he learned something very valuable in order for him to continue his journey. Yeah. He learned the importance of restraint. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, I thought that was a really cool episode mm-hmm. and, a, and a really nice Aang moment. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the fortune teller earlier. And the, the moment that comes to mind right now for me is the end of the fortune teller. When the, the volcano has erupted, the lava is encroaching upon the town and they've built this trench and it's clearly not enough. And so Aang, in all of his avatar capabilities mm-hmm. builds up this huge lava wall and Sokka watching him comments, man, that I, sometimes I forget just how powerful a bender that kid is. Yeah. And of course, Katara had received the fortune from Wu earlier in that episode saying, oh, you're going to, your, your future husband's going to be a powerful bender. And Katara's like, Oh, he, he is powerful. Isn't he? Hmm. <laughs> Rings a bell. But really I just love seeing Exactly what Sokka said, Aang in that moment does something super cool, Mm -hmm. and it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. Any Katara-specific moments or Sokka? I really 
I'm I'm gonna play the opposite on, on a lot of people's opinions about Katara. I really don't enjoy Katara. Maybe I maybe don't... she's somebody you'll grow into yeah, like, more I, as well. With with how much you've been exposed to Katara, I don't think that's an opposite opinion. Okay. I don't think that we're, there are a lot of people who were immediately introduced to Katara and you're like, she's it. She's the one. I love her. <laughs> Best character. I kind of Ready find her annoying. Annoying. Over the top. Yeah. Exhausting. <laughs> I admire her earnestness and her hope, but she does certainly have some like slightly obnoxious tendencies, but it is what it is. I mean, she's a kid. And I think she is supposed to be like, I'm the hopeful one, and we can do it if we just believe and we fight and do our best. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, Captain Planet, she was the worst. But the worst. But uh. we see, we see obviously that Aang is a fast learner from the start when he mm-hmm. first starts picking up water bending. But we we see that Katara has shares some of those same absolutely. She's because she's like, good. Again, looking back to the first episode, there's that moment where she tries to freeze the firebenders on. Zuko's ship as they're making their escape and she accidentally freezes Sokka behind her and instead of like lamenting oh no I messed up my powers she's just like well if I can only go backwards let me turn around and then she accomplishes the same thing by turning around going backwards so she's quick to adapt yeah um and obviously we see in the final couple of episodes how adept she becomes as a waterbender to the point where Paku says you are fit to teach the avatar waterbending and I find it kind of cool it's just like I'm I'm all about feminism but like sometimes it's a little much for me. But at the end of the episode, Paku was just like, I'm not going to teach a girl. Mm-hmm. I was like, why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> and then she obviously proved him wrong. I was like, yeah, there you go. Because she learned, just, you're right. She learned just really, really quickly. She's like a little baby sponge and just soaks up all of that information and implements it really well. And I think it's a lot of it to do with it. She feels like she has so much to prove mm-hmm. being the only waterbender and the the southern tribe that mm-hmm. has uh or the ability to do so that has a lot of responsibility with it and it has to be really frustrating not to be able to grow into your craft because you don't know how mm-hmm. because you don't have anybody a mentor to help you mm-hmm. what about Sokka? oh Sokka. there's lots I, of like fun Sokka moments mm-hmm. I, honestly watching the first couple of episodes was really fun because i forgot how funny he was in the beginning i mean he's kind of an ass obviously <laughs> Uh, because he's like, oh, he needs to leave, talking about Aang. Right. But, like, his little one-liners are always really fun. Like, I'm just a guy with a boomerang. <laughs> and ask for all this magic mm-hmm. and flying. And it's just, like, those are funny for me. I'm trying to think through Sokka. He's evolved, though. He's not just, like, the one-liner slapstick, yeah. as I was just describing. Yeah, I think a, a common moment to point to would be the... Warriors of Kyoshi because of his relationship yeah. with Suki and his growth that. in yeah. that episode and his, his change to understanding that women are just as capable, if not sometimes more capable than men to be warriors and that he can learn from them mm-hmm. and set aside his pride to do so. And that the honor of wanting to stand up and protect your loved ones or your village isn't a single gender's role. Right. Mm-mm. You know, that want to do so is prevalent through everyone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that was very important for Sokka to, to understand, mm-hmm. especially since just in the, those first few episodes, he is so divisive in who he wants to talk to and who he wants to teach and who is able or capable of defending 
the Southern Water Tribe. You're the men of the, what did he call it? Even though they're six-year-olds. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't make, like, even though the thing he's doing doesn't make sense, it's because of what he assumes to be correct is what he's acting on. And he doesn't get out of that until he sees the Warriors of Kiyoshi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think to the episode Bato of the Water Tribe, and this is a moment that we spent some time on in that episode, but when he does the ice dodging, quote, ice dodging mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Bato and the other two, and he utilizes the strengths of both Aang and Katara to overcome obstacles that hadn't been present in ice dodging previously because it's a unique situation and he has these assets, so like, why not use them? And especially seeing how his opinion on magic water has changed since the beginning as well yeah. uh, to, to, to being against Katara even using it sometimes for little tasks to like fully utilizing it in strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to back you up on that, but I was literally going to say those words. So oh. <laughs> sorry, that doesn't really help make a point. <laughs> I agree with all of your words. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Zuko moments. Oh, Zuko. I like Zuko. I think he's just a little ball of rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all relate to that impulse in mm-hmm. some instances. Mm-hmm. Especially when I was watching this show. I could, I could definitely relate to Zuko when I was, watch, when I was actively watching these and in, in For high the first time. Yeah. Things like that for the first time. Because there, there always are those emotions, I feel. Some people choose to act on them. Some people let their lives be dictated by those emotions and some of us need an iroh in our lives to say yes i can understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. love the energy great vibe however <laughs> maybe let's fix you know let's fix this a little bit let's channel our energies a little differently mm-hmm. in order to actually accomplish what we want to accomplish and not just get mad at everyone around us right so i think uh drink some tea calm down yeah. use your breath <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly take take a minute take a minute i just found it amusing that it felt like every time zuko was on on screen things blew up like he was just like boiling over the edge 24 7 right and any little thing was just gonna send him over mm-hmm. right obviously the blue spirit is a huge highlight for zuko especially right. when you consider his motivations for doing something like that breaking ang out of the encampment with zhao but also another moment that comes to mind, and this is an Iroh moment as well, is in the Siege of the North episode when we've seen the pirates try and kill Zuko on Zhao's orders. And we are left to wonder, did they succeed? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he shows up wearing a disguise on Zhao's ship. And as he's departing to go find uh, Aang in the, the Northern Water Tribe, he and Iroh have that moment where they they are just really honest with each other. I, Iroh says, you know, ever since I lost my son, I've always looked at you as one of my own. And it's just that really heartfelt moment. And we see that even though Zuko has pretended to be the boss, and he is the boss of the right. ship, but still he is the nephew to his uncle and they love each other. <laughs> right. And that, that relationship has been building. It's like he tells him to be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. sweet. He's like, I will leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. I I guess I like a lot of fighting. I guess mm-hmm. that's my answer as well for Zuko. Any of his firebending yeah. well, that we get is really, really cool. 
Okay, so there's a couple of fights. There's the one in Warriors of Kyoshi. Mm-hmm. There's the one in the Blue Spirit where he's not using firebending. He's just using the blades. No, firebending. Um, okay, and then that would be Bato of the Water Tribe. I think that's the, the, the really standout fight for me as far as Zuko goes, where they're at the, the nunnery with the, the perfumes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the Shershu is tracked, Aang and, uh, or tracked Katara down. And they're that thing is disgusting fight. too. Yes, we totally <laughs> skipped over that thing. <laughs> well, I do have that as a question actually coming up. That, but, uh, it's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a great fight as mm-hmm. as Aang and Zuko go after each other over the walls and into the well and all that kind of stuff. It's a great yeah, fight. that's a good fight. Yeah, or the the fight that kind of started all of his quest for him is with mm-hmm. General Zhao mm-hmm. or Admiral Zhao. Is he an admiral? What he becomes it? admiral. Yeah, Admiral Zhao. I mean, he's not very good. He's obviously very young. But I think that was like the first instance that we see of like him truly trying to firebend with a purpose, right? Isn't that what I'm thinking We're of? We're talking about the Agni Kai where you got. Yeah. The Agni Kai. Yeah, the Agni Kai That's with his Fire Lord. No, which it was the episode that we. It was not a flashback. There was an Ag- Agni Kai between Zuko and Zhao, but. That's and, what and I'm Zuko talking won. about. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm. T- and then Iroh came in like, no, no. Yeah, because he tried Zuko, to do something. Zuko spared his Zhao from injury oh, or death, hit, and he was about and to was walking away. Gotcha. And Zhao took the coward's route and tried to make a blow as Zuko was walking away, having just spared him. Yeah, that was a cool fight. Um, I was crossing my hairs. All of them are cool. One more specific character, and then leave it open if there's any others you want to mention. Iroh. What's your favorite Iroh moment? How he always calms down the situation. Mm-hmm. I think when he's captured mm-hmm. in the Winter Solstice episode, mm-hmm. and he's just like, he's such a badass that he can just hurt people without having to use his hands. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. We, we still have only seen him firebend properly once. One time. And that was at the end of the season, right? It was at mm-hmm. the very end. It was right after Zhao killed the moon spirit. And he, like, fire breathes as he leaps at right, Zhao. Which we have not seen anyone do. Yeah, and that's, that's the only thing we've seen him mm-hmm. do, too. I don't think that, that was not a long fight, because Zhao no. just, like, runs away cowardly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, which I would, I, too. Iroh takes out yeah. half yeah. of his men in one fell swoop. And yeah, and so we still have yet to see Iroh truly firebend. But in that episode you mentioned, the Winter Solstice, I love how much faith he puts in Zuko mm-hmm. and his ability to track him down. And so he like leaves his, his, his flip sandal. flop on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, he delays the earthbenders as they're traveling as much as he can. Right. And then when Zuko shows up, he just, they, they break his chains and he, he takes him down with nothing but a loincloth and some chains. And it's like a, a super awesome fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really cool fight. Yeah. I think he has a lot of good advice. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that I think we learn a lot about Iroh indirectly through the deserter. Mm -hmm. Because we don't get to hear Iroh's theory of how he controls his fire or what he thinks about firebending. But we see his actions are very much reflected of the deserter Mm -hmm. who's constantly meditating who calls his firebending a curse mm-hmm. and knows that it has power to destroy things further than the, his own intention. Mm-hmm. Because it's not something like you just do. You can start it and it can spread further than you're, you know, than you want it to. 
and we finally get to hear these kind of alternate thoughts about what firebending is and how people are managing it or controlling mm. it in their own in their own way and so when we find a firebender who seems so outside of the norm yet is so powerful and yet chooses not to evoke his firebending on a regular basis mm -hmm. isn't that quick-tempered isn't that let's just burn it down kind of person i think we finally get to understand that that is where his power is right. is in that control is in that knowing that fire has more powerful forms than just to destroy right and so i think i i, I think we learn about like Iroh just has all these actions throughout the the show. We see him constantly bringing himself down, you know, centering himself, meditating, drinking some tea, like doing his thing. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of self-preservation and being very mind, you know, being a, in his own mindset that we don't actually get words to until we till we get to the deserter episode where he then explains, uh, I keep forgetting, I keep just referencing the episode because I don't remember his name. Zhang Zhang. When we finally have Zhang Zhang put into words what Iroh is doing and right. what we've seen him do through multiple episodes already. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of why I love Iroh so much is that there's a, there's a deep mastery that we don't even know about mm -hmm. and we barely get to uh, like a peek at. And so I think just Iroh is this wonderfully drafted character in terms of he's both very present and yet still holds so much mystery. Mm -hmm. Like you see the character that he is and the person that he is with Zuko and, you know, is supporting him and doing everything that he can. But at the same time, you know that he has a past, you know that he has power you know that he is the brother of Fire Lord Ozai mm -hmm. and also ha so now has political power as well. And yet here he is. Right. With his nephew. With banished. his nephew banished in the middle of nowhere. So there's all this, you know, you, you have so many questions about Iroh. Mm -hmm. And even though he's giving you answers all the time, there's still this want for more info about Iroh. Mm -hmm. So I find that any that we any episode that we have more than 20 percent with iroh in it i love those episodes just yeah. because every time he's on it's there's something amusing happening between him and in zuko there's so much more we learn about the history of the avatar world as well as anything that has to do with the fire nation so right. i think he's just he's just this character that so much revolves around even though the show isn't about him mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so Quick question. Favorite episode so far? Or a favorite episode, if you can't name, like, the one. What's the one where he... Which part of the winter solstice does he figure out his plan? Part two, which is called... Uh, Roku? I think that's... Let me double check. I got it right here. Avatar Roku. Yeah. Avatar Roku. That one. Okay. Cool. What about you, Andrew? I'm going to have to go end of the season. Siege of the North? Yeah. Okay. Just because we get a lot of great character moments in it, a lot of action, lots of water bending, all of the kind of juicy parts of the show mm -hmm. um, are all kind of condensed into that one episode, as well as the water, the water giant demon that's right. just like, y'all can leave now, thanks. Because yeah. 
who doesn't love a good uh, spirit avatar mashup to just yeah. clear the city streets. I think we've personally called him the water kaiju. Yeah, that's what but, it is. But uh, in the art book, they referred to him as Koizilla. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Koizilla. Yeah. I think for me, I'm going to pick The Storm because I love the intertwined storytelling of Aang revealing what led him to flee and get trapped in the water mm. and why. And then Zuko's past and what led Zuko to get to get his scar, to get so angry, oh, yeah. to be banished. Yeah. We get both of those at the same time. That's a good one. As, as Aang is hiding in the cave and telling Katara and as Iroh has sat down to tell the crew members why Zuko is the way he is. Okay, another quick one. Favorite Animal Crossing. Hmm. And I use that phrase intentionally like because platypus, that's what... Like platypus bears? Yeah, yeah, because that's what Dante Bosco and Janet Varney use in uh, their podcast, Braving the Elements. They call it Animal Crossing. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. So any specific ones that come to mind? What is the one that I remember? Like I was like, oh my God, Chad, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my the life. The turtle duck? The turtle duck. The turtle was ducks. it the turtle duck? <laughs> it might yeah. have been, yeah. Those were adorable. I just love Momo. He's not yeah. a crossing of anything. Momo and Appa are easy ones to yeah. to go with, but any non Appa Appa is definitely one of my. Why favorites. does Why does our baby remind me of Momo? Because Momo just is constantly eating. Yeah, yeah, that's what it <laughs> and is. And Daniel is constantly eating. Wants to, wants to climb on top of you. Wants to be right on we'll, top of you. We'll bring you all of the things except for the thing you need. Oh yeah. <laughs> also the storm. Yeah. No, no, that that's not the storm. That's, that's what uh. <laughs> they get poisoned. They need the the frozen frogs. Yeah, that's that's the blue spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's platypus bear. Okay, I'm, I'm literally trying to think of any other the penguins. We've seen so far. You saw the penguins. Penguins are kind of weird. Oh, because it has like four flippers, right? Yeah. There's the Komodo. Yeah, the giant river croc- monster. I can't, I can't remember. It's the ones that the Fire Nation. Oh, the rhino Co- things. Komodo rhinos. Yeah, those are pretty cool. And there's like the the, the ones you all refer to as chocobos. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the ba- the chickens the the running chickens. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what those were. Except for their heads look different, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I have those written down. No, there's a there's a lot of fun play with animals. There's the the flopsy <laughs> from the King of Amashu. <laughs> flopsy. The lemur saber tooth. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Terrifying. Okay. And one last thing before we talk season two, what were the biggest surprises for you? Mainly talking to Melanie because it's her first time watching. Oh, yeah. Is like, there anything like specifically that was like, wow, can't believe that happened? I don't know. I feel like you, like anything that I was just like, oh, I have to watch her reaction. She's going to be like immediately afterwards. She's like, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. She's going to do something. <laughs> you were. Watch her. Yeah. <laughs> Melanie was very good at predicting some of the smaller twists. But what about anything in Siege of the North? Did you see any of that coming? Well, kind of. Well, the fish. I was like, there, there, there's something special about the dang fish. Mm-hmm. Well, you were. Oh, UA. you know, when they actually killed the stupid fish. Oh. Yeah. That was pretty shocking. I yeah. forgot. Totally forgot that they were. And, I really didn't. I was like, oh, they're going to stop him before it happens. Uh, no. No. Blood red, all of a sudden dark. Oh, that was that was actually a really cool moment that we haven't talked about, how that all of the color drained out of the... Yeah, and that then was we have really, that really fight cool. between Zuko and Zhao, and it's just the black and white, the black with and the, white. The red fire mm-hmm. going back and forth. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. 
And then the contrast of Aang as the bright blue Koizilla. I think I just bring up the winter solstice a lot because that was a lot of information. And I could not believe that they had such a short amount of time. Yeah, it was a bombshell for sure. And I think what was more shocking is that they just did nothing with that information. (laughs) Yeah, time gets a little fluffy in season one. I was like, hey, man. She said it was going to take forever to get to the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And y'all y'all acting like this is just some vacay that we're going on. But yeah, those were those were some big moments. I'm trying to think of anything else. I really can't. Oh, when she died. UA? UA. I mean, I figured that that's what had to happen. But well, here's one that I don't remember you predicting. Which one? The blue spirit. You didn't think you didn't know it was Zuko. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't know it was Zuko. Yeah. This, do you recall any of your thought process of after, who it was? Well, after it happened, like, did you have any reactions in the moment to finding out it was Zuko? I mean, no. Honestly, it was like, oh, okay. Well, that does make sense. Yeah, because of his conflict with because Zhao. Of, uh, yeah, with his conflict mm-hmm. with Zhao. Um, but I think it was just more confusing because of like. Your whole purpose in order for you to get home is for you to capture the Avatar, and here you are not capturing the Avatar. Setting him free. Setting him free. So that was, I was a little confused and like shooketh that he just (laughs) let him go. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we close this episode, let's do just a little bit of predicting the future. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think is next up for Aang? And the company. He is going to get a fire under his butt. It's about to go down. So Andrew, Andrew hasn't given anything away, but one thing that he has said is that this is his favorite season. Right. And so that just gives me hope that we're going to be moving a lot quicker onto our task. Right. And it is book to Earth. Which is really cool. Yeah. Because I, besides fire bending, I really, really like the earth bending. Mm-hmm. I think it's really. Which we've only seen once. Just on a the, couple of times. The imprisoned episode. We saw it in the imprisoned episode. We saw it in oh, the we, King we, of Amashu. We saw it. Oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, we've, we've seen we, Boomy a bunch. Never we've mind, seen it a lot. Well, we, we've seen Boomy the one time, but. We saw it that one and oh, the, the right. one that they had to go through, like the canyon. Yeah. With the creepy yeah, bug Yeah, that, that was things. the Great Divide. Oh, yeah, we forgot about canyon crawlers. Oh. Those are your favorite, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hated the way they moved. I think it's just like anything with multiple legs, and it's just like, mm-hmm. I can't. Okay, so you just think for Aang and the group that it's They're just like, going to get on it. Okay, well, Let's go. in season one, we had like a destination. We had to get oh, to the Northern yeah, Water Tribe. What's... Now? Well, they had to figure out Earth. Right. Duh. No, what I was just forgetting is the fact that we um have a sister. Uh-huh. That, that's also one of my Don't questions coming Zuko. up. It's coming. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I'm I'm excited for answers, mm-hmm. hopefully. But I know we have another season after that, so I can't hold my breath for too much. But um, I'm hoping that we'll they have to find an earth bending master somewhere. Right. So. Obviously, Aang is pursuing an earthbending master. That's the, his next step on his journey to becoming a fully-fledged avatar. Mm-hmm. We saw Zuko and Iroh at the end of the season as fugitives. Like, well, they... Oh, they burnt their ship. Zuko said he's tired. They, they're sailing away on their little canoe together. Oh, yeah. And then Ozai, as he's talking to his daughter, Zuko's sister, he says, well... Iroh and Zuko ended up being traitors. Yeah, so go get it's your job now. So, so what do you think Zuko and Iroh are going to do now? They're going to be fugitives? on the run. Ooh, what if they join them? Joined Aang? Yeah. Okay. 
They're going to have to cross paths at some point. Mm-hmm. True. And we did see Iroh kind of already being a little bit buddy-buddy with the group at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. They work together well. Yeah. We'll have to see. Definitely Earth, evading Earth his sister. Is fairly neutral territory for Say both again? of them. So Earth Kingdom is fairly neutral territory for both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's huge, by the way. I mean, like... Giant. Huge. That is all Earth Nation. Mm-hmm. I'm showing a map from my journal, by the way. <laughs> okay. And then we mentioned Zuko's sister. What do you think her priority is going to be? Do you think it's going to be Aang or do you think it's going to be Zuko? It's going to be Zuko. I think her primary focus is to destroy her brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So Raging little sisters, eyes. if that's what they're going to do. <laughs> is she younger than him? Do we know that? We don't know. Oh. Well, Zuko did talk a little bit about his sister, and he might have mentioned if she was younger. Uh, uh, it's not a huge spoiler. She's younger. She's younger. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that information has been revealed. It might have been, but I don't, I don't remember for sure. But she's younger. One last thing, because this is what we tend to do, is we talk about what the next episode is titled. And the first episode of season two, Earth, book two, Earth, is The Avatar State. Uh, do we get to see it again? Or Well, why would a whole episode be titled The Avatar State? What from maybe the, the origin of why, where the Avatar State came from. Where it comes from. Okay, cool. Some backstory about what backstory. the Avatar State is. Yeah, I mean, or, the only reason it's, we, you know that it's called the Avatar State is because we've told you it's called the Avatar State. It's never been called that in season one. That is accurate. Mm, yeah. It's just like we've seen the glowy eyes a few times. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all there is. Or Mil- so. what made the others go into avatar states too <gasps> will we see background on other reincarnations what of the other, avatar like potential or like previous avatars yeah see more of them mm-hmm. that'd so be just cool get a better understanding of what avatar the role of like avatar genealogy and the progression yeah okay yeah i like that mm-hmm. yeah just more more information about what well, the avatar You does. know what I I thrive on and it's information. So <laughs> that is always hopeful. I okay. like to know things. A little, yeah, a little backstory wouldn't hurt at this point. Okay, well I'm excited to dive into season two. Or yep. I, I keep saying season two. I, I feel like we should be proper and say book two, but Book two. Book two. Uh six I'm one, excited half about dozen it. of the other. Yeah. It's fine. But uh in any case, that is the end of the twentieth episode of Crossroads of Destiny. Contact for the show, everybody. Facebook.com slash XRoadsPod or at XRoadsPod on Twitter. Please go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, drop a review. We haven't gotten any of those in a while, but we would love to have them. And it would be helpful to us to help grow the audience and give more exposure to the show. Please, please. You can email feedback and ideas directly to us at XRoadsPod at gmail.com. We still have our voicemail open. You can call us at 3145-YIP-YIP. That is 314-594-7947. Leave us a voicemail with something to talk about, and we would love to include it on the show. Melanie, where can people find you online? They can find me at MelanieAmanda44, and that is on Instagram. Okay. And Andrew, you can contact through either of us or through the official show social media. And the best place to find me is on Twitter at Chadadada. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. And there's my other podcast, The Cinescope Podcast and An American Workplace, which you can find in the show notes which you can find in your podcast app or on our website, along with our contact information, xroadspod.com. And that is all for episode 20. Thank you once again for listening. We will talk to you in episode 21 when we talk about book two, chapter one, The Avatar State. Bye. Bye.